The following audio is from St Nick's Durham. As a church, we exist to love God, love people and love Durham. We hope that this sermon will serve you well as a supplement to your regular Bible reading, prayer and participation in your local church. For more information about St Nick's Durham, directions or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. Our Gospel reading is taken from Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37, the parable of the Good Samaritan. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied, how do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbour? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side of the road. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took out two denarii, and gave them to the innkeeper, and saying, Look after him. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have had. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. A couple of weeks ago, I had a letter from a friend in Sri Lanka, reflecting on the current global crisis. Had anyone noticed, he asked, how odd it was that we should be talking so much about social distancing in a world where various kinds of social distance were built into the way societies were organised? The life we've regarded as normal is in fact a life in which there are deep chasms of separation between those who have the resources to manage their lives with a degree of freedom and control and those who don't. In many contexts, and not only in the developing world, you can find communities living literally side by side with this immense gap between them. One of the most dramatic aspects of the pandemic we're living through is that these familiar kinds of social distance don't help much. Sickness does not discriminate between rich and poor, and we're all suddenly reminded of the limits of our freedom and our control of the world we live in. And yet, even in this situation, we can't help being uncomfortably aware that the level of risk varies. 
We think with gratitude and admiration of all those who are daily exposed to high levels of risk. Health and care workers, of course, but also shelf stackers and rubbish collectors. And we think too of those for whom lockdown restrictions mean the risk of abuse or pressure on a fragile mental health condition or simply the growing demands of caring for others in the home. This week, we're invited to cast our eyes wider still, to remember those across the world with the least resources to respond effectively to the pandemic. Our Christian aid partners in Africa are facing challenges we can scarcely begin to guess at. Communities living in impossibly overcrowded conditions, communities with no safe water for washing or drinking, communities where you can't rely on consistent public health provision of any kind. As the pandemic takes a tighter hold in such environments, the economy of entire countries begins to unravel far more dramatically even than the painful economic effects of the disease here in the UK and Ireland. Part of the social distance we've tolerated in our world is the reality that the securities we take for granted, even in times of crisis, healthcare, pensions, unemployment benefits, are lacking in so many societies. So even as we observe the social distance we need to keep each other safe in our households and neighborhoods here, we might think about how we're called to step across another kind of social distance so as to stand alongside those who are so much more at risk. In the story of the Good Samaritan, we have the picture of a person who crosses more than one gulf of distance to bring life and hope to someone whose life is at risk. He must stop on a lonely road where danger may still be lurking. He must take time and pay attention, putting aside his own preoccupations and worries so as to see carefully and intelligently what needs doing. And not least, he must distance himself from his own prejudice and hostility towards a stranger, a man who would be likely in other circumstances to see him as a contemptible and dangerous enemy. He steps across the distance by putting a distance between his perception of someone's suffering on the one hand and the familiar human mixture of self-preserving instinct and inherited fears and hatreds on the other. The Samaritan's act in saving the life of his Jewish neighbor is a sign of what a world might look like in which the distance created by fear, ignorance and bigotry had been abolished. A world where we were free to respond to one another's needs with prompt and deliberate action. Another name for such a world is the Kingdom of God. We're not going to bring it about by policies and programs, certainly, but we need constantly to be finding ways of letting its reality show through, so as to challenge the social distances we so easily take for granted. In a rather strange way, we are learning something about this through the conditions we're currently living with. We're learning to put on hold a lot of our instincts for the reassuring pleasures of company and entertainment. Learning to pay attention to our physical habits in a new way. Becoming aware of the literal distance between us when we shop or take exercise, remembering to wash our hands and so on. And we're also learning the crucial importance of so many unromantic jobs in public service without which we'd be lost. The jobs done with the selfless professional concentration that provides us with a steady backdrop to all our anxieties and uncertainties. Whether it's a health service professional routinely staffing the intensive care unit, 
or just someone stepping aside on a footpath to allow another to go past at the right distance. We're recognizing that living thoughtfully, mindfully, if you like, rather than just letting our own comfort and convenience dictate everything, is something life-giving. We're still in the Easter season, celebrating the central fact of our Christian faith. The God we worship has abolished the distance between heaven and earth, manifesting the glory of divine life at the very heart of human failure and pain in the cross of Jesus Christ. The God we worship gives us the power and freedom to step away from the prison of our self-preoccupation, to confront with joy and thanksgiving God's own radiant beauty, and to confront with honesty and love the urgent needs of God's creation. Jesus, in his life and his death, distances himself from safety and self-obsession. His life is a journey towards a deeper and deeper solidarity with human beings in their pain and guilt and helplessness. And in that journey to the heart of our darkness, he renews the whole human race and creates a new level of connection and compassion between human beings. So the painful days we're experiencing at the moment give us a chance to think again about the way in which we fail to notice just how far we've slipped away from each other in our global society, and indeed in our own country too. To see how we've lost sight of the promise of the great events of Good Friday and Easter, not to mention the vision of Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit, who brings the gift of understanding between diverse languages and cultures. We've come to think that distance is normal, the distance between rich and poor, powerful and powerless, and we've not found the energy we need to challenge this. As our own society faces great challenge in the shrinking of its economy, these things will be of immense concern to all of us. But most of all to those in insecure jobs, those without work, the elderly and disabled and homeless. Likewise, on the world stage, we shall all be affected by the burdens that will fall on the poorest and least protected nations. One thing we should have worked out in the light of the crisis is that in our tightly interconnected and mobile world, no problem is only local. Disaster and disruption anywhere rapidly become an issue on our doorsteps. As many have said, our best hope as a world community for avoiding another lethal pandemic, perhaps even worse than this one, is to urge the creation of effective health care in every country and rapid and efficient international vehicles for response to medical emergency. It means no longer tolerating the deadly inequalities that condemn so many to dangerous exposure to sickness and hopelessness. In our enforced social distancing, we have the opportunity to reflect on how we learn to live more consistently in and by the grace of the God who abolishes distance, who breaks down the walls of separation and loves us as one family. God help us to rise to this challenge and learn to love as he loves us, with a love that never fails in its willingness to cross over, like the Good Samaritan, to wherever there is suffering and fear, leaving behind the narrowness that we have let ourselves get used to. Love never fails. Don't let us fail the call and opportunity that love gives us. Thank you for listening to the St Nick's Durham podcast. 
If you would like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about St Nick's, visit our website at stnicks.org.uk.